Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May, how to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016 I helped him launch his very first membership he had a done-for-you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership in his first launch he got a hundred and thirty members bringing him in about sixty thousand in income every year now He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to Your Dream Business Podcast with your host, Teresa Heath Waring, and welcome to episode 299. I'm nearly at that all important 300. Now, you know what was funny? I'd got all these plans for episode 300, except life has become a little bit busy with going away and speaking and events and all that, but also with home stuff and family stuff. And sometimes, you just don't quite get to where you want to be or get the thing done that you need getting done. So it looks like what I had planned for episode 300 will now be a later episode, which is fine by me because it's not quite the time and that's okay. Um, And that episode 300 will just be another average episode, which again, I am all right with because plans change, things change, things move. And as business owners, one of the cool things about it is that we say flexible and we move and we are not absolutely rigidly stuck in a thing or we don't take forever to change when we do change. Man, I remember working in corporate marketing when I worked for Land Rover. It was a massive company. Like we had a whole legal department just for marketing because we had to be so careful of what we said and how we said it. And then it would have to go like if we wanted anything done, the amount of approval it needed was nuts. So you can imagine that idea to actual getting it done would take forever. And one of the things I love about my small business is the fact that I can change and move and be flexible and be agile and do what I need to do that suits me and my business. And hopefully always suits my audience and suits my members and my clients. But importantly, and and there's nothing selfish about this, is that it suits us because what's the point of being in business if we hate the thing that we do or we create a business that doesn't fit with us? And as you know, I have talked many, many, many times about what a dream business is and creating your own dream business. So I won't go on about that here. That was not for today's plan. But today's episode does fit in really nicely because today I'm going to be talking about 
how I am making my business simple. I've been in business for nearly nine, no, nearly 10 years. I can't remember. I think it's nearly 10. Or is it nearly nine? Anyway, I'll work that out. And I, over the time, have built this amazing business that I love and adore. And and obviously, over time, you learn things and you tweak things and you change things and you add things. I add team members. I add processes. I add systems. Like when you first start off in business, I think we make the mistake of thinking we need all those things from day one. And we don't necessarily need all those things from day one. And we certainly don't want to have to pay for all those things from day one. But what's happened over the years is I've added all these things and I've created this beast. And at the beginning of this year, I have been working on some personal stuff, which will be coming out at some point and I will be sharing with you what I've been working on. But I decided that I needed to simplify things. I needed to simplify the business, the processes, the systems, the team, And I needed to just create a more simple life for myself, because when you have lots going on, it's it's like more moving plates. It's more spinning plates. I always talk about like, imagine we are 100 percent and normally work takes up, I don't know, 35 percent and then home life takes up 20 percent. And then um, if we look after elderly parents or children or whatever, that takes up another whatever percent. And then if we're trying to work out, that takes up another percent. If we're trying to eat healthy, that takes up another percent. And when something big happens in your world or when suddenly you're working on something that is taking a lot of your energy, it takes up more of the percentage, which means things have to move out. We can't add more to our percentage because we only have the time we do and the energy that we do. And if anything, when we're dealing with big personal things, it may only take up an extra 20%, let's say, but energy wise, it is whipping away a lot of your time. So even though you might think, well, actually, you know, that physically, that thing I'm physically doing isn't actually taking up loads of time. No, but in your head, the energy that's taking up is massive. So even if you're not getting stuff done and you're thinking, I don't understand, that'll be why, because you're, the space it's taken up in your head is huge. And this happened to me at the beginning of the year. I started working on something personally that was taking up a huge amount of space. And I started to look at the business and go, what do I really have to do? I looked at what I could streamline, what I could not do anymore. What was the most important things in the business? And you know what? Obviously, I did this because I was dealing with something at the time. However, I think this is really helpful to do. I think sometimes we get caught in the trap of, listening to other business owners, I've got X amount of staff, I use this system, this system, this system, this system, I have this many processes, I'm constantly have to do this, 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 I've got X amount of emails. I saw a great post the other day by Becky, who does my show notes about stop glamorizing being busy. Um, You know, I want to be at a point where I get all my work done and then can go and sit in the garden or potter in my greenhouse, which I just adore. Um, So for me, it was really important that I started to look at this. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to tell you some of the things and some of the ways I've simplified down my business. And then also give you an example of how I kind of did it with the event that I just ran back in May, um, which took away so much stress for me. So let's just talk about the business. So one of the first things that you will know that I have done is I've reduced my team size. And 
my decision to do that was really flipping hard. This was probably the hardest decision in everything because of the fact that I love the people who work for me and I've been very fortunate to have them work for me for a long time. Some of them have been with me like five, six years. So to make that decision was not an easy decision to make. But basically, I looked at who was doing what and deciding, did they really need to continue to do that? And I had key people in my business that, yes, I needed and I wanted to keep them. But also I had people in my business who were doing things and not doing other things that they could do. So for instance, I had Sophia, who was the podcast manager who managed the whole podcast. But actually I had Johan, who works in the business full time, and she had capacity to take that in. And she's worked with me now for almost three years, I think. And well, by the time this comes out, it probably is three years. And for me, it was like, actually, why isn't she doing it now? Like there's no need to have that additional person, that additional step, that additional payment, that additional process. And again, I made the decision not to edit these podcasts, just literally to record them as I record them and send them out because I've done them long enough. You know, you know, I have a fairly okay quality. Well, no, I think I have a good quality mic and, you know, a good quality setup. So you know that, you know, it's not horrific. But did I really need to have that person edit? Did I need Phil in the business to edit, to do those things, to add that extra process, to do those extra steps? And the truth is I didn't. So I decided to remove some people from the business. And like I said, I am huge, huge advocates of them. They are amazing. I love them. At that point, I just didn't need that many people in the business. So I stepped away from those people and I reduced those kind of not only physical people, but also reduced some of the processes, some of the steps and even things like the fact that there's, you know, two additional people to pay for or two additional invoices that need to come in. It's like it's just adding all that bit of work. And like I said, I think I'd got into the habit of, oh, no, someone, you know, with a business like mine should have a team of this. Well, no, I don't need it. Like, actually, we are just as efficient and as more streamlined than we were. So that was the first thing I did or one of the first things I did, although it was crazy hard. The next thing that obviously had an impact from changing the team was the processes. Did I need all those processes that we got? Were there processes that I could slim down? Is there ways in which we could not have to go quite so many steps. Now, the processes weren't as easy to slim down and some of them we still need, even though we don't do them constantly. So for me, it's always worth having them there, but it's always worth tweaking them and going, do I need to change this? Is there an easier way? What did make an impact on the process was the fact that I re-looked at my systems. Now, systems for me was one of the biggest costs in the business and one of the biggest poor legs in the business because... It was like, and some of these systems are so expensive. So for instance, I was paying for Kajabi, which is expensive unless you're using all the parts, which I now am. And I did use all the parts, but I was using Kajabi alongside Active Campaign, and Kajabi per year was costing me, I don't know, about £1,500 a year. And Active Campaign was costing me like 130 a month or 150 a month or something. And it was like, 
basically I was duplicating the system. And the reason I wanted Active Campaign was because I had my really fancy quiz. So it's like, okay, one, I have to pay for the really fancy quiz system. So that's another system. And also I need to pay for Zapier because Kajabi doesn't like talking to anything else. So then suddenly, because I moved to Active Campaign, I then, because I had this quiz actually, sorry, from the quiz, I then had to have Active Campaign. I then had to have Kajabi, not Kajabi, sorry, Zapier. My God, all these systems. So you're adding on an additional costs of, I don't know, over the year, thousands. And it's like, for what? For a quiz. And don't get me wrong, I loved my quiz. But I had to ask myself, like, we have systems for taking things from Kajabi to active campaign. We have stuff from taking active campaign to back to Kajabi. We have zaps. We have this. We have, And again, I just got to the point where I was like, my head can't do this anymore. Like, I need simplicity. We can bring all this back in if and when we need to and want to. But right now, I don't want to do all that. I wanted, and you know, I think there's so many reasons that have got me to this point. But like, in all seriousness, I think doing hard stuff in your personal life, but also finding like joy in something out of work. So me finding gardening, like, and I still laugh as I say that because I literally sound like an old person. But, you know, I love that. You know, we love traveling. I love the fact of, you know, I'm recording these before I go away so that I don't have to work while I'm away. And I want to do that. I want to know that things are simple and everyone knows what they're doing. We don't have to have all these spinning plates. I have less spinning plates and less chance to things to go wrong. Now, the transition back to Kajabi was a bit of a pain. You may have got a random email from me that you probably didn't need, but... um or ask for. However, other than that, we're back to simple Kajabi. And Kajabi's great. It's excellent. I'm going to the Kajabi conference in a few weeks time in Austin. And I am very excited about it. By the time you listen to this, I'd have already been be back. Um, they're a great system. I am going to link up to Kajabi in my show notes. Um, and it will be an affiliate link. But honestly, it is a great system. And it does all the things in the one system. So even though the price looks expensive, when I was paying for all those additional things, that is way more expensive. So for me, it was like, okay, do I need all these systems? And you know, I decided I didn't. And now not only do I not have to pay for all those systems, which is a blessing, which means that my business is more profitable because that was an expense. It is more simple. I don't have to log into three different systems to do one thing. I just log into Kajabi. And yes, I can't do the fancy quiz anymore, but that is a small price to pay as far as I'm concerned. Also, one thing you should know is I looked at the um, the successfulness of the quiz and decided that it wasn't worth the time and effort and money that I was putting in. Now, granted, I'm not saying that quizzes aren't. They are. They're excellent. And I could have put more time and effort into it. But at that point, I just thought it's not doing it for me. And I could put other lead magnets out there simply and still get those number of signups. So for me, it was okay, but it wasn't wasn't it worth its money. Now, I'm not saying that's the case for everybody. So don't just go, Teresa, quizzes aren't worth the money. That is not the case. For me at that point, I didn't need that extra thing in my life. Um, so yeah, so those are the kind of things I made big changes in the business. But the thing is, there's like an overarching kind of quote or question I asked myself, and I had a really good example of it when it came to my latest event in May, was what if this could be simple? What would it look like if this was simple? So when you're in a moment of overwhelm, when you're in a moment of, I don't know what to do here, or this is too much, ask yourself, maybe journal it out, what if this could be simple? So I had my May event coming up 
and I had done some promotion of the events and my dad got ill. And as you know, because you're a business owner, when things happen in your personal life, it kind of can take over your business life a little bit. And even if it physically, time-wise, didn't take over my business, it took over my brain. So my capacity for being out there on screen, going live, doing all those things was not at full capacity. So as always, I do the key things that I have to do. I do my coaching calls. I love my members. I do my one-to-one calls like, and I am all good and happy and, and everything is fine with that. But some additional stuff, I just wasn't in the right headspace. And that's all right. You know, I feel a bit vulnerable saying this to you because it's like, you know, I teach other people how to do this stuff. So surely I should have it all kind of sewn together. But the truth is we never do. Like, we just maybe recover a bit quicker and have tools to deal with it and know what to do. So let me tell you what's happening to my May event. So my May event wasn't selling as I would have liked. And I had got a sponsor for it. And I had got a sponsor, not necessarily based on the number I told them, but obviously in the negotiations, I said, this is what my expectation is for the event. And I wasn't getting those numbers. And I felt bad. I was starting to panic and worry about the event. Now, I wasn't worried when it came down to it. So that was the first thing I kind of got clear on what was my issue. So I wasn't worried about not having the numbers I wanted. I knew the numbers I'd got, I'd have an amazing day. I'd have an amazing day if there was like five people, let alone like 25 people. So I knew it wasn't that. I knew it wasn't my ego going, oh, but I wanted a full room. It didn't matter. That didn't bother me. I knew that when I stood in front of those people, I'd have an amazing day. And actually, if anything, they would have an even better day because there was less people in the room and therefore they would get more physical time and we could do things a bit differently. So what was concerning me at that point was I'm going to have to work my butt off now to get all these sales when I really don't feel in the headspace to do it. And I need to do it because I've got a sponsor. So I had the question to myself and in a call uh, with my therapist, we talked about what if it could be easy. And I discovered that actually it was only really the sponsor that was bothering me. And I had a workbook to do and I hadn't quite got around to the workbook either. And I was like, what if it could be easy? Well, if it could be easy, I'd speak to the sponsor and go, do you know what? I haven't got the numbers. And can we talk about this? Because also the sponsor paid a deposit. They had paid a 50% deposit and I didn't want to give that deposit back because obviously the other thing, because that was the other thing that could have stressed me out was the break even point of the event. Well, with the sponsorship and the numbers I'd sold, we'd we'd made money on it. So it was like, okay, I, I want to be honest with the sponsor, but I do want to keep the sponsor's money. And other than dealing with the sponsor, everything else would feel fine. So I decided to get on the phone and not get on the phone. How old school am I? Get on Zoom and speak to the sponsor. I sent them an email, really honest email saying, numbers are not where they are at. Can we have a chat about it? Got on the call with her and I said, listen, I want to be really honest because it's very important to me. The numbers are not where I said to you they might be. And I'm concerned that obviously I don't want to pitch something and then have you rock up and go, hang on, where are these other people? So... But in all honesty, I also want to keep your deposit. And ideally, I'd like the rest of the money too, right? And I did say this laughing down the microphone to you, but that is what I said. But I went in there with a plan and I was like, right, I have other events. I have other ways in which I can promote your business. And they are the loveliest people and I know them. So like, again, I wouldn't just do this for anybody. Um, So we got off that call and she said, keep the deposit. 
and I I did explain what was happening personally and she was always very kind about it although you know I wasn't trying to make her feel bad and then get to keep the money um but she let me keep the deposit and she said we will sort something out not a problem we've got some other options and all is good in the world I got off that call and felt like a weight had been lifted so no longer did I have to panic about a sponsor turning up and thinking where the hell are the people that you promised me so that had gone. So the event I was very excited about. The next thing I thought was, oh, I've got to do a workbook and have I got capacity and time and whatever to do this workbook and when am I going to get it printed and blah, 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 blah. And obviously, bearing in mind what I just said, I had made some money on the event, but printing a book would have taken some of that money away. And and then I realised that I'd bought a load of swag for my VIP staff and it was this really lovely notebook, pen, pencil, bag. And I was like, no one is expecting that. They're expecting a workbook. And as nice as a workbook is, it doesn't add any more value after the event. So I just thought, again, what if it could be simple? So I thought, I'll just give them books. I won't do a workbook. I'll just rock up with a little bag for them each, with a book, notebook, uh, uh, pen, pencil, bag. And I did. And they loved it. And they were really happy. And the event was so amazing. And I loved it so much. And it was simple and it was easy and it wasn't trying to be everything to everyone. I kept everything really simple. They worked on their business. They got great stuff from it and I didn't get stressed. I kept it really simple. So like I said, it's not always about when something hard is going on in your life. It's not that. Yes, it comes in really handy when things are tricky. However, it's about going do I really need all these things, these steps, these processes, these people, these things like that I'm winding myself up with? Do I really need all that? And how can it be simple? So maybe you're listening to this. Maybe someone else is overwhelmed that you work with or a friend that you can forward this podcast onto. Ask yourself, how can this be simple? And that's what you can work on today. Okay. Have a wonderful rest of your week. I will see you next week.